This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the action line from WGNS this morning. I want you to listen closely, and if you have any questions, feel free to give us a shout. We're going to be talking about things that can help you. Local attorney Brandon Bass is with us. We're going to be talking about personal injury cases, how the investigation stage works, and uh, if you're injured, what are the most damaging pitfalls to avoid when deciding what should you do. Uh, and, and unfortunately on things like this, uh, you only have so much time to do it in because the law spells it out pretty clearly. Brandon, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Bart. Good to have you with us. Pull that microphone uh, over with you. Let it be your best buddy there for the next hour. Perfect. Uh, and tell us uh, what got you involved in wanting to be an attorney? Um, that's a great question. You know, it's, it's hard to think back. I've been doing this now for a couple of decades and it's hard to think back to who I was before I started practicing law and how I've sort of ended up in this route. I didn't have any family who practiced law, didn't really know any lawyers or anything, but it, it seemed interesting. First time lawyer in the family. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and when I was in college, studying, kind of bouncing around a number of different uh, interests. At some point along, I started thinking, you know, I like talking, I like writing, I like helping people, so let's see how this works out. I didn't have a clue where I would end up or, or how it would actually shake out, but I, I couldn't be happier with the chances that I have to help people. Um, and, and frankly, just to get creative on cases, you get people calling you up with problems that they've encountered in life, and uh, finding creative solutions, not just the, the ones that there's already a, a recipe book for, but figuring out how to put stuff together and give them the best possible result for what usually is a, the worst circumstance of their life, getting them the best outcome. It's really rewarding. Now, when we watch TV, and I, I guess that for the majority of people, that's the closest we get to knowing a lawyer. So when we watch TV, is being a lawyer Anything close to that? I mean, do you equate yourself with with Bull or anything of that sort? Rarely. You can actually pick and choose. If you went through uh, and edited out scenes from one show here, one movie here, this, that, or the other thing, you could put together a pretty good example. Most of what being a lawyer is, though, uh, and I, I try cases. It's kind of lawyer I am. I, um, I'm not great at writing contracts. It's not really something I've, I've spent my experience uh, or spent my years developing experience in. So I'm in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my time's not in the courtroom. There's just so much preparation that goes into to any time that you're going to appear in front of a judge or jury. So most of the time is, is sitting in a dark room with a whole lot of papers or running out to a scene and interviewing folks, gathering up as much information as you can to be armed in advance. Um, and 
that can be a lot of fun or a lot of boring, either one. Uh, you know, getting a six boxes full of documents to go through, and there may be one piece of paper in there that matters. You can't really go into court without making sure there's not one piece of paper in there that matters. So there's a whole lot of time looking over documents that might bore somebody else to death, but just knowing somewhere in here there may be the, the silver bullet that's important to your client's case. This is the information that would surprise the other side. Where'd they get that? First, I've heard of it. Yes, or they might already know about it. But if you don't know about it and aren't prepared to present it, so it's there is a lot of drudgery, a lot of drudgery, and there's a lot of tough calls. I, I think it's uh, a, at times it's akin to being an oncologist. You know, she, she taking care of people who may be in a really bad spot in their life and giving them the real news, whether that's the good, bad, or the ugly. Um, so there can be tough conversations, but also just a lot of um, it's great getting to know people and getting them the best possible outcome under any set of circumstances. By the way, Brandon is with the John Day Law Firm here in town over on Medical Center Parkway, also in Brentwood. I believe you have an office. Yes. Uh, serving people. Uh are you enjoying linking up to a, a, a group that really reaches out and helps people like John Day does? Oh, yes. I've been with John uh, since I graduated law school a couple decades ago. Um, and, and he's been throughout a wonderful mentor and, and uh, a good friend as well. It's really enjoyable practicing in an honorable way you mentioned bart a little bit ago watching law on tv watching in the movies and you'll see snakes and things coming up in the movie they just look look like um they're always out for themselves that's not the way i've been raised to practice law and i like that i, I can usually decide what to do in any given circumstances by what the right thing to do is um and I, I've enjoyed it. We do a lot of volunteer work. We do. We try to give to the community in ways that uh, we're able. Have you always practiced in this area? I started out here in Nashville, and I've um, expanded. I practice pretty much throughout Tennessee, but I spend most of my time here in uh, in this area code. Okay, so when you go to other places, is it still out of the local law office, and for some reason? The court just happens to be in who knows where. Absolutely. Um, we have offices in Brentwood, Murfreesboro, and Nashville. Um, but as I said earlier, a whole lot of time spent on the road and things, you know, being out and interviewing folks where they are doesn't really depend on where my office is anyway. So if I've got a case uh, uh, in Camden, I'll be hanging out at the McDonald's in Camden yeah. <laughs> and meeting <laughs> folks there. Um, so. Now, are, what, what are most of your cases? Uh, do you have a certain area that most of your focus is on? Sure. Most of my cases, the, the vast majority are, are people who have been seriously injured who have lost a loved one. Um, and, and trying to get them back on their feet, uh, people who have lost, for example, a, the, the breadwinner in a, in a family have a whole lot of questions about how they're going to make through the rest of their life, raise their kids, figuring out how to get them um, – back on the best possible track they can get on under the circumstances. I've also done uh, commercial litigation, which is basically businesses arguing over a contract or over an employee. Somebody wants to quit a, one company and go start working for a competitor and they'll get in a fight over whether or not 
he or she, the employee is allowed to go stealing all the old business from them. I do a little bit of that, but the, the vast majority of what I do is, is the people who are in bad spots because of car accidents or medical malpractice or things like that. And those are issues that can devastate families. And I guess that puts you in close connection in a very personal way. Yes, it's, um, I see people in a lot of, what I, what I would just describe as what is hopefully the worst moments in their lives uh, and trying to pick up the pieces, which can be hard. Um, it, it can be hard to, to see people day in and day out who are coming in and figuring out what to do. You know, how do we get through? Um, how are we going to pay for our house? How are we going to pay for our medical bills? Uh, can't go back to work. How am I going to pay for anything? Figuring out how to get them to the other side from that and, and develop a new plan for life is, uh, it's enjoyable. It's it, it can be difficult meeting with the folks um, as they're in the lowest of the lows, but knowing from what I've done in the past, I can hopefully get them to the to a light at the end of the tunnel. Feels good that way. It's I I can uh, I would liken it to what a minister does or someone else. You know, you're trying to counsel them through something they did not want to ever experience. Never dreamed of it. And very few folks have planned for what are we going to do if this happens. So trying to figure it out, and frankly, trying to figure it out quickly. It's unfortunate you got to move really, really quick. So I guess. There, there are two things that come into importance uh, in cases like this. One of those, they don't think about from the beginning, probably, the dollar figure. I mean, you're, you're grieving. You're, you know, your life has changed dramatically. Uh, either, and some of the people are feeling physically horrible from, from the injury. Uh, how, do you, how do you practice Solving, I know you can pro- you can solve that money problem sometimes if things go right, but it's hard to to solve that feeling problem. That's an excellent question. It's a really really good question. It, it, it's it's not something anybody prepares you for. Um, what I've found for myself is from my own we've all had uh, tragedies in our own lives. We've all had things we've experienced, and then I deal with folks pretty regularly is um an open ear and an honest heart not trying to sugarcoat things and then um just as when somebody at your church or in your community may be going through a rough time it's common we do in our family we may go make food and go take it over so they're not trying to to also feed the kids and things while they're figuring out what to do for a family member or a friend who's who's going through a rough spot it's sort of the same thing in the law let me help get some of these burdens off of you so you can focus on going to the doctor to get better or going through physical therapy or, or the grieving process. You can focus on what you need to do for yourself and process those things. And we can hopefully focus on the, the financial and legal side for you. Um, uh, but otherwise, I do. I think it's the same thing as dealing with anybody else who's in a rough spot is listen and answer their questions honestly even if it's not always the best answer if it is not always exactly what they want to hear just a hug and a true response is probably more important to most folks than anything do you see cases sometimes where 
you know deep down inside when the other side tries to offer a closure to this, that they're not really doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're not trying to help the situation. They're trying to save themselves money. I would say that's the vast majority of the time. Um, yes. Uh, and to be fair, um, I talk to, to some people on the other side. I, As I said, I represent typically the people and almost exclusively the people who are suffering from a loss as opposed to the people who are being asked to pay for it, whether that's a comp- an insurance company or, or a, a business or what have you. I talked to the lawyers for those insurance companies. I talked to the insurance company people themselves, and sometimes they do have a kind heart. Sometimes they do truly That's feel bad. That's good to hear that. That's good to hear it, It's not all the time. you got to be prepared for it. It, it. It's like a lot of things in life. It's like Reagan said from Gorbachev, trust but verify. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't go in just with the assumption that they're going to treat you the way that they would want to be treated in that circumstances. The golden rule does not always apply when the gold matters. Um, but I do hear it empathetically from folks. Most of the time, though, it is a matter of showing them that – if they're going to pay voluntarily, this is why you're going to have to pay voluntarily. This is everything that's going to happen to you at trial. This is then what you can guess a judge and jury are going to do to you for it. So therefore, why don't you take care of it now? But sort of dotting all I's and crossing all T's that way, getting every piece in place. Sometimes that can be done quickly. Sometimes it takes a while to get all, especially if it's coming from, you need pieces from overseas or things. Yeah takes a while to get it all together and put it in a package, but essentially to communicate across to them, uh, this is why you should be afraid of that trial day because it could go very south for you. Um, and, and then though, I, as I said, there are certainly times, I don't think it actually affects the checkbook, but certainly there are times when I talk to insurance folks and things who just truly feel bad for somebody in a terrible situation. We have a text here from a listener who says that, uh, they had a case a few years ago and were asked to sign uh, the papers agreeing that the settlement would end it all and since that time they have had medical issues pop up some pretty bad ones that cost a lot of money Uh, anything that they could do typically the answer is no um so the the normal rule when you're injured by someone else is whether you sign papers and take a check that way or whether you go to court and the judge bangs a gavel after a jury verdict and says pay this person this much money it's a one-time thing which means you got to get full and fair and just amount the first and only time that you're going to get it It, we talked a little bit ago about putting all the papers in front dotting all the i's and crossing the t's so that includes as well getting to the insurance company or, or whoever the powers that be that are, this is what the future will hold for this person. The insurance company who's going to be cutting the check is not incentivized. They have no interest in looking for that information. They would rather assume it's in their best interest to assume the best case scenario. You got hurt, you're going to be better next week. You got hurt, maybe you got a broken arm, it'll never bother you again for the rest of your life. You got a concussion and you're not going to ever have any problems at work or anything. They got to assume the best case scenario until they're shown otherwise for a reason to pay more. So again, once you sign the papers, usually those papers say this is full and final. There may be additional effects that come up down the road. We don't know, but 
thou shalt not come back looking for more. The reason I say typically is in the law, there are, there are for good reasons, there are exceptions to just about every rule. The exceptions to that rule are very, 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 very slim. But without seeing the paperwork and the circumstances, I couldn't answer it. For example, um, folks who are injured at work, call it a worker's compensation injury. Most people have heard that term, but it basically means it doesn't matter whether your boss did anything wrong, coworker did anything wrong. It's just you were hurt at work, so they're going to pay the medical bills instead of your health insurance. There's a process for that that's different than folks who are injured in a car accident and it's someone else's insurance company. If they were injured on the job and it's that, there's a, the rules are a little bit different. But for the most part, once a judge bangs the gavel and a check is cut or a settlement paper is signed and a check is cut, um, there's no going back for more. Now, you're not a soothsayer. The judge is not. How, how do you have hard rules that say down the road doesn't count. We have to know what's happening now when the judge says the case is cleared. That is an excellent question. When you say hard rules, that's right. a great way to put it because there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there are yes. a lot of them that come into play. The, the, the shortest way to say it is this. Under Tennessee law, what the person who's hurt proves is likely to happen in the future is what they're entitled to receive. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen. As you said, I'm not a soothsayer, judge isn't a soothsayer, jury doesn't have a crystal ball, but it is what you believe from all of the evidence. This is what's gonna be, this person's gonna be dealing with down the road. Are they gonna have a limp? Are they gonna need a walker earlier in life than they might have? Um, are they gonna make, maybe have to come back and get a, a hip replacement surgery that they wouldn't have had to get? But the way you prove that then is by getting in doctors who are competent, qualified in the field and, and will say, this is what's likely to happen down the road. Again, you don't have to prove it's, it's a guarantee, but what you can't get is the possibilities that are out there. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom always said, don't crack your knuckles because it'll give you arthritis. I don't know if that's actually true. She just didn't like the sound of me cracking my knuckles. <laughs> uh, but you always hear, you know, you get hurt bad enough, arthritis could come up down the road from just about anything. And a lot of times they say, we don't know whether. We don't know how likely it is that you're going to get arthritis from this arm fracture or what have you. We don't know. So the person hurt can't get for that possibility. But if they do look at it and say, no, it's probable that you're going to have to have some physical therapy down the road or something. You're going to have, um, uh, in a lot of us, you know, as we get older, uh, and it's, I always heard it was when you're around, when you're around 40. I rounded 40 a few years ago, and that was right. <laughs> uh, now that I'm in my 40s, I can feel what I did to myself in high school a little bit every morning. So if a doctor says, you're going to feel it when the weather changes, that's one of the things that can be taken into account in figuring out the total amount that this person should receive from whoever did wrong. It's also, though, why you got to dot all the I's and cross the T's first. It's, uh, it can't be a rush to judgment because... Once the person takes a check, once the victim takes a check, they've taken on all the risk of things going south for them in the future. 
tell you what let's do. Let's pause for just a moment. Then we'll come back and take some more questions. If you have some questions, maybe that have been brought up now by some of these issues we've mentioned, text us or call us, whichever you prefer. The number is 615-893-1450. We're talking about law. We're talking about cases that can involve you dramatically. And if you go the wrong way, it can really involve you in a negative way in the future. Brandon Bass, local attorney, is our guest this morning with the John Day Law Firm. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car, and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We specialize in every instrument that the local musician needs at prices comparable or better than online prices. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Morning traffic still moving here on I-24 as you come past 840. All this traffic flow headed towards Davidson County. It's picked up out here right on schedule 840 as you head to Franklin, Williamson County. Did see quite a bit of radar uh, out here a little bit earlier just past Jefferson Pike on 840. True Friends Moving Company is hiring. Call 240-2811. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times this afternoon with cloudy skies high in the mid-80s. Southwest winds between 5 and 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. Writing over 60 letters to veterans in Biloxi, Mississippi during COVID-19. Veterans who could not leave base to go home and see their families during Thanksgiving or Christmas. This is a letter written by Carrie Boylan, who was inspired to become a VA Redcoat. I am still eating leftovers from Thanksgiving. Nurse Callie was kind enough to share her mac and cheese with me, along with some other favorites. Now I know what all the fuss is about. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I thank God for stretchy clothes. Hope you all had a marvelous Thanksgiving. I am so grateful for you and all the veterans who sacrificed their families during the holidays especially for my freedom. God bless you all abundantly. It appears that winter is here this week in South Mississippi. Of course, you can never predict 10-day weather here, but it does promise to be chilly for the next week or so. 
Of course, your heat will be turned up and everyone will be warm and toasty. I know you join me in praying for those less fortunate and you help wherever you can. Below our jokes, courtesy of our friends at the Laugh Factory. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course, the Empire State Building can't jump. Why couldn't the leopard play hide and seek? Because he was always spotted. Have a great evening. Blessings, Kerry. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. This is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your home lawn, garden, and farm needs. We have everything you need to help with your garden, lawns, farms, whatever you need for the perfect gift for your feathered friends and your furry friends. Please come see us. We have baby chicks. You don't have to be a member to shop with us. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. Weekdays at 5, it's all sports talk with Monty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackert. Here on WGNS, we're local, we know sports. Hey, welcome back. Our number is 615-893-1450. Our good neighbor today is Betty Welker. Betty Welker. And uh, somebody said about Betty... She supports her friends and family always, and she's going to receive flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family up there at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Jenny, or rather Betty Welker, congratulations to you. And our birthday cake winner today is uh, Tim Parker. Tim gets that special banana pudding, and if you have not had the banana pudding from Slick Pig, uh, you've missed something, I tell you. Uh, part of life. Has slipped away from you. Try it out. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. And we're visiting this morning with attorney Brandon Bass from the John Day Company. We're talking about issues that impact us. We're talking about personal injury accidents. We're talking about loss of life, tragedies, uh, things that unfortunately have to be settled all at once. You can't say well, let's settle it for this period of time, and if something comes out of that uh, later on that desire that needs a different change, you can't do that usually, usually, but uh, sometimes you can, uh, and and you, there's just no way to to, to second guess when that is going to happen. Uh, so, I guess do you keep all of this information, all of the research that you had put together. Uh, do you keep it all handy? in case you have to refer back to it sort of sort of okay i have the internet <laughs> ah, okay. uh there's frankly at this point there's just so much law out there on so many topics um that it'd be impossible to keep it all together you know uh when i started um we had we still had a whole lot of books on the shelves now I've got a handful of books that I look to regularly because it's quicker, but otherwise we use the internet. Now it's not necessarily Google. They, of course they got to charge you for specialized research services and databases and all kinds of stuff, but there's so much to pull from. Instead, it, it frankly helps. If you asked me right now, uh, so what's the deal with voting rights in Montana? 
I would tell you, I have no idea. You sort of have to look, develop a specialized area of knowledge. Doesn't mean a specialty, but a specialized area. I can't tell you about every single thing that can happen to everybody, but I can remember a whole lot more about the kind of cases I handle because I see the same kind of stuff over and over again, and I read and write about it and speak about it a lot as well. Now, we hear so much, and, and when John Day is on, he's mentioned it about the injuries received in truck accidents, these big heavy-duty trucks. Uh, that seems to be getting more attention now than in the past. Why is that? Um, I'm not quite sure. Um, I, I think maybe, Bart, you were on the radio. You'd know why we pay attention to stuff more than I would. <laughs> you, you probably have your finger better on the pulse for what we're the the rest of us all are all thinking. The fact is, though, you know, tractor trailer accidents are rough. Uh, you don't often get hit by a, a massive fifty three foot truck, fifty three foot trailer plus a truck if it's loaded up with thousands of pounds of cargo and just walk away with a boo boo. It's gonna be bad usually. So. Um, I don't know why we pay attention to what we do in life, but I do know what, when I see the folks who are in tractor trailer accidents, it's pretty rare that they walk away with um, just a, a quick doctor visit. They usually got a whole lot to, of recovery to do, and, and that's if they're lucky enough to be able to recover. Now, I think the statistics are showing right now that this year of the pandemic, we have had dramatic increases in vehicle injuries, uh, which I'm guessing you're probably seeing, starting to see the uh, impact of. And there have been a lot of theories on that, that the people are out driving and they look around and they say, oh, I don't see many cars out here and I'm late. I'll just go a little faster. There's nobody on the road to slow me down. And when they have an accident going at a faster rate of speed, it's probably gonna be more severe. And for some reason, I'm not sure why people think these ways, we see more people not using safety belts and things of that sort, and they're going back to texting and doing the things that you know are not good to do. Uh, are you seeing the beginning of that yet? And, and is this going to create a new wave of law on the courts that are already backed up? Uh, that's an excellent question. The courts are certainly backed up. Judges um, in Tennessee in particular have done a really good job over the last year of trying to protect, you know, everybody has, has different degrees uh, of um, uh, personal response to the COVID pandemic. And some folks, though, are really, really sick already. They can't afford to get it. The way we put together a jury, for example, is, and I'm sure many listeners that have been on it, you get that little card from the court clerk and say you better show up <laughs> well we the judges have had to postpone a whole lot because they can't send out that card to somebody who may be recovering from cancer or something already cannot afford to contract covid by sitting close to close with uh, with a dozen other strangers shoulder to shoulder so a lot of stuff has gotten backed up um what we are are seeing I, and i also i will tell you you ask an excellent question bart is how did most folks react to what we dealt with for the past year covid some folks not being able to go to work and stuff um uh and for some people it caused a whole lot of stressors in their own personal life um i don't know that i've seen the full ramifications 
of that yet. It's it certainly, um, I've got two little kids at home and during early COVID stages with schools closed for in-person, I had two little kids at home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> so I can tell you from personal experience, I understand how a lot of people uh, dealt with changes in their lives and changes in stressors that they weren't used to. How they responded to it, I, I, I haven't the slightest as to whether there's a through line for what the average American experienced. I'm interested to see what the movies that come out three or four years from now tell us about how the rest of us were living during this period. Now, this investigative stage, the phase that you go through to prepare for the court case, has that changed with the pandemic? Has that changed with some of the ways that we're going to be doing it in the future? I, I think so. First, it definitely changed during the pandemic. So the way, here's the way an investigative stage works in, an, in a typical lawsuit. Before filing a lawsuit, the lawyer's job, if they're going to be the one to sign the paperwork, or the person who files a lawsuit's job if they don't have a lawyer is to verify they're filing a good lawsuit doesn't mean you know the answers to all questions in life sometimes we've had we filed a lawsuit where we said i don't even know the driver's name we just saw you know this kind of trucking company was driving down and hit us and they they hit and ran we don't know who the driver was doesn't mean you know all the answers before you get to ask a bunch of formal questions but you got to make sure you're not just filing for no good reason so you do some Per, uh, personal investigation and then over the course of a lawsuit there's a bunch of back and forth to make sure everybody's on the same page about as much as they can be before going into the courtroom we don't want to waste each other's time people here on, on the radio listening in nobody wants to get called into court for no reason to go serve jury duty if it turns out that these people really didn't disagree about that much they knew to have talked before they wasted everybody else's time in the courtroom so in the lawsuit process, you exchange written information, you send each other questions, you know, what's your full name? Where, where are you from? How you been? Who have been your doctors in the past or your companies you've worked for? You exchange documents, where's your, where, where's the, the trucking company's own incident report, where it's its logs for where its driver was for the week in advance. You exchange a whole bunch of stuff. Then you meet and yet, you do what's called a deposition, which is just a formal interview where one side gets to ask the other side all the questions that they think may be important to the case. In the past, that's all been done usually at a lawyer's office. Everybody will agree to meet up and spend half day to a day together, taking questions of one witness at a time, having them all typed out or, or recorded on video, and then later the jury can be told, we've already asked them this question, here's what their answer is they didn't see the red light or their answer is that no this is the first time they've ever had a back problem in their life you get all the information well especially with all the the government regulations and, and people having their own reasons for, for why they did or did not want to drive to somebody else's office and sit in a small room with them during covid lawyers had to adapt i will tell you this is all i've ever done since i graduated law school uh, so I haven't bounced around a lot of other companies. I've just worked with them in the law. From my own experience, the law has it adapts to technology very, very slowly and very, very poorly. There's always a fear that if we test something, well, this is the only case the folks that just got tested on will ever have. 
We don't want to screw up somehow and change the process so that Mr. Smith and Miss Jones don't get their fair day in court because we tried to get too creative with how we're going to meet. Like a lot of businesses out there in a lot of industries, we instead had to adapt pretty quickly during COVID. And frankly, I think we learned we were about 10, 15 years behind the rest of the world. <laughs> so now we've learned to use Zoom. Like a, a, and I feel like I've gotten pretty good at using Zoom. I, I know what all the buttons do on the, uh, on the screen. Um, we've gotten to using Zoom. We've gotten to using technology, which should help for everybody. You know, a lot of people have to pay their lawyer by the hour or they pay by the, the, by the case one way or the other, but you got to pay a lawyer. Well, the more time a lawyer spending staring at their windshield, driving back and forth to meetings that they could take care of over the internet, the more they're going to end up charging. So if we can be more efficient and can get to the same result for folks by using technology, I'm hoping it improves things for the, for the future for everybody. We had a trial by fire where everybody had to work from their homes or from their offices for a bit. And that trial by fire proved it works. And I've spent a whole lot of my life wasted over the last 20 years staring at my windshield driving two hours for a 15-minute meeting. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, because you, you brought up technology. We hear so much about the importance of technology. I know in the news business, if I hear about a, a bad crash on the interstate, instead of jumping into a news car and trying to get out there to see what happens so we can investigate it from the news perspective, we can go to the internet and the Tennessee Department of Transportation with their smart way and see the cameras uh, of, of the situation there. Now those cameras were on when the accident happened just as they are on with traffic cameras inside the city of Murfreesboro, in Nashville, or wherever you are, can you use that information that is from the image from the cameras that showed the area before the accident, during the accident, and after the accident? Is that permissible? It is if you can get it. You know, uh, as far as I know right now, unless it's changed in the last few days here, there's nobody recording every camera in the state constantly. You can't go say, hey, can you show me what happened back there five years ago at this intersection? So it's getting taped over. Now we also, How long is it there? Is it ever there? Uh, some of the SmartWay cameras... There may be a short period. Some of, some of those traffic cameras do not. Some of them get triggered by things. I've had a lot of success with local businesses. You know, you go to the ATM and you can stare at that little camera staring back at you, and that's recording all the time anyway for theft. Or you go to gas stations and they've got cameras pointed out. You see in the news every now and then, or you see on YouTube where somebody runs into a, a gas pump, there's a camera putting it. Those are recording over. You ask the right question, how long? The answer is it depends. So whether it's a private business, whether it's a hospital's camera, ATM, everybody's sort of got a different period of time before they're taping over because we don't use really videotapes anymore. Um, uh, everybody's got fancy computer devices and things, but we still don't have unlimited storage. So trying to track it down as quickly as possible, sometimes it may be gone in two days. Sometimes so time is the time is a factor. Key. Yeah. So that's the answer to your question. It, the amount of time, 
varies based upon the source and getting to hit the ground running as soon as possible may get you things that'll be gone later um I, and frankly it's just really really sad and unfortunate uh, that's a fact of life there's nothing the law can do to change that part um but we have the shortest deadlines in the country in tennessee for somebody to file a lawsuit after they've been hurt you know, there's they're by far the shortest deadlines for anywhere in the union um some of those things, like I said, the law can't really change the fact that people tape over their stuff. When I was a kid, I taped over Raiders of the Lost Ark with something else on VHS. We just didn't have that many VHS tapes. Um, that was a mistake, by the way, because Raiders are a good movie. <laughs> but hitting the ground running, for yeah. somebody who's dealing with with a bad situation, as you talked about earlier, if they're grieving, they're arranging for a funeral and things like that, it's just unfortunate that the evidence is best available early when the person's in the least position to be looking out for help. They're not even thinking about it, usually, in that important period of time. Yeah, and most people want to deliberate. I understand as well how many of us have said, you know, I don't know if I want to go to the doctor for this pain, and it's there the next day, I don't know, and then after a week you say, I'm going to the doctor for this pain. Same thing with deal, I don't know if I want to deal with a lawyer. So I understand people don't, but I I would say call as soon as you can, because there may be some piece. One piece that usually doesn't go away but it can be destroyed is uh the ecm data it's an electronic control module it's basically a black block box in a car remember black boxes from Mm -hmm. airplanes well most modern cars have them in there as well it's a little computer in there that figures out when to fire off an airbag you know you don't fire off an you don't want to fire off an airbag if somebody's getting hit from the back and then pop them in the face with an airbag while they're going forward so it calculates all kinds of stuff about the angle of impact, the speed, things like that, figures out how the car should respond. Most modern cars have a little bit of recording time that it saves and says, this is why we did or did not, why the the car did or did not deploy an airbag here when an event occurred. That's fantastic information because the stuff you want to calculate is how fast the car is going and things like that. Getting that in a car accident for how fast each person was going, whether they were using the brake and stuff is... Uh, invaluable but once a person sold their car for scrap after it's been or it's been repaired and things and the, the computer's all been wiped that's gone so it's the kind of stuff camera views computer data from a car stuff just disappears uh, people's computers their phones uh, I know my phone wipes out text messages after some time or, or Apple would be happy to sell me more storage data just disappears getting it as soon as possible is extremely helpful and so your period of time to decide whether or not you want to take this to court you're you're in pain from the injury you're gonna think well maybe i can maybe it'll go away and and you have a long threshold of of endurance uh how long of a time do you have before you have to go to court in general, it is one year from the date you're hurt. In general, there are exceptions. We t- Lawyers have exceptions to exceptions to exceptions. There are exceptions that can make it shorter. It may be, in some cases, as little as a couple days. Hmm. Um, for example, uh, if you get hurt because of a defective product, well, the time limit, The warranty expires on that product by law for lawsuit purposes 10 years after it was first sold. 
See, if you get hurt nine years and two months after it was first sold, you got 10 months instead. You don't have that full one year. So you can get cut off by other rules. Acting quickly because there's other rules out there that can apply is important. It doesn't, it's not always one year. It could be shorter and sometimes it could be longer. You mean sometimes the vehicle that has information stored inside the black box in the vehicle, if that vehicle's 11 years old, the material's no good. Exactly. Is that right? Well, before and, you start. And the case isn't even, you can't file a, you, you can't win a lawsuit against somebody who made a product that is more than 10 years old, except for extremely limited circumstances that really are sort of theoretical more than this kind of circumstances that are like if I, I it's theoretically possible if I buy a Powerball ticket when I leave here that I'll be rich next week but I'm not banking on it you know there so there are circumstances where things can apply but assume that the clock is ticking if you're hurt um, until somebody tells you this is how much time you got assume that the time if it expires you're out of luck completely, and those are your medical bills, those are your lost wages for the rest of your life that you're going to be paying for. Okay, now everybody, listen closely. I mean really closely. You may need this this afternoon or in the morning, who knows when. Brandon, let's say that something serious is about to happen in your life, something life-changing. What should you do quickly? We have about a minute left. First thing I would do is um, make sure everybody's okay. Look, your health is more important than anything else in life. Your family's health, your friends. Make sure everybody's okay. And then I would call off to a, a qualified lawyer as soon as possible. Get that burden off your shoulders. If they tell you, you don't really need to file a lawsuit here, that's great. I'd rather you have your health than some money in a lawsuit any day. There you go. Remember that, and uh, it'll, it'll make a difference in your future. Brandon Bass from the John Day Law Firm visiting with us today, telling us what to do when those life-changing events happen. Hopefully they won't happen to you. Maybe you'll go through life without one, but chances are in this complicated world, one may face you when you least expect it. So be ready. Brandon, thank you for sharing your knowledge today. Thank you for having me, Bart. Have a great day. Stay with us. Much more to come. Truman is next right after a look at the news on WGNS. Tomorrow at this time, we're going to be talking about a business that makes T-shirts, and they do it to help adults who are in need. We'll also talk with the TSSAA and their executive director, Matt Gillespie, the assistant executive director, about high school sports and how they're gaining strength after the pandemic. Hey, you have a great day. See you tomorrow.